And of course, you can check out these gentlemen over at MingAndMike.com. Click the link in the description box below this video to check out everything that these guys do. And of course, you probably know that already, but definitely check it out because it's great. Today, we're going to talk about Onslaught. It, and don't worry, is... much of this is actually totally unessential. Is it actually printed on cheese, though? That's what I want to know. Be, right? It should be. Just it's... slices of Swiss yeah. stinking cheese. Now, if you're not familiar with X-Men in the 90s, this was like the epitome of 90s comics. It had uh, a lot of... You know, high flying, ridiculous cartoony we art. So pathetic back then. We really, we we took it all. I mean, uh, and so many different things were leading up to onslaught. Okay, so for those of you who are not familiar with onslaught, onslaught was a, a, an event in a time when X Men was having events every I don't know six issues or so, or twenty minutes. Right, uh, depending on the show you're watching. Yeah, featuring the same cast. The stories that you need to know to kind of lead up to onslaught are. Kind of like, okay, so Fatal, Fatal Attractions, the one thing that matters that came out of that one right. was uh, at one point during a Marvel pitch session, the uh, they were talking about X-Men, and there was going to be a final confrontation between the X-Men, Professor X was wearing an exosuit that was allowing him to walk, and Magneto. And uh, and I think it was attributed to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter David, who said, uh, you know, if I was Magneto, I'd just yank that adamantium skeleton right out of his butt. Yeah. Easy as that. And the whole room was just like, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 but that's a terrible idea, though, because he would die. And they're like, but what if he didn't? And he's like, no, but he would, though. And they're like, yeah, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so then they did it anyway. Power they comics. Said, yeah. They actually said that he had an adamantium skeleton. Yeah, originally. Back in, it was, back in the day, it was an adamantium skeleton, not an adamantium-laced skeleton. No, yeah, they were like, what if adamantium. What if it was just bonded to his skeleton? And so... In essence, Magneto yanks this, the, the adamantium off of his skeleton, which, of course, by that point, we always assumed that Wolverine's claws were always metal, mostly because when they came out of his forearms, they were knives. Yeah. With no dimension. You know, they were just no, flat they knives. look like knives. So then, uh, they pull, he, Magneto sucks out the adamantium and leaves Wolverine to die. His healing factor kicks in, but apparently it was... The adamantium in his skeleton allowed him to... It either mucked with his healing factor, but I know it also kept his animalistic nature at bay, and so he started to de-evolve. Yes, and his healing factor, when it got kicked up to like a factor of 10. Yeah. Which is god-awful, because didn't he not have a nose for a while? Well, his nose progressively disappeared throughout the <laughs> series, and I don't know if that was actually a conscious decision, or if that was just certain artists just were taking random cues, because if the... During the period in time when Wolverine was de-evolving and had no adamantium in his skeleton, he also wore like a bindi over his face, and you're kind of like, what? What do you? What is this? Why you got a Yeah. Why you got a bindi over your face? What's and, up uh, with that? Yeah. But like when artists would look at the drawing from the previous issue, they'd go, "Does he? Is his nose missing?" And so they would just randomly start making it go away. Yeah. And then the way in which he got his nose, because then once he had no nose, the artists were like, "Oh, he has no nose." So then they start drawing over no nose, and then the so next it's Voldemort, right? right. Yeah, it is. And Easy. then they start to kill his Horcruxes, and that's one of the Horcruxes was obviously his animation. Right, of course. But uh, anyway, so they fixed that shit later. But that was kind of oh, so in retaliation for Magneto's slight against Wolverine, the most popular X Men ever, right. uh, Professor X mind wipes Magneto. He's like, that's enough of your, of your bullshit. <laughs> so he hits him with his with his mind powers, knocks out Magneto's uh, memories. And uh, and then leaves him kind of as a uh, as an amnesiac who eventually yeah as a sort of a vegetable yeah so it's like and they're on an asteroid right right <laughs> yeah. so no, it's like, 
How did I get here? Say yeah. it, dickweed! And, and who then the hell they am went. I? Yeah. Exactly. Like, wandering around going, am I hungry? What is hunger? Yeah. What? Should I eat? I don't know. I don't know. I, did he have his acolytes at that point? I think he had acolytes. So acolytes were Magneto's henchmen who like yes. all kind of like worshipped him. Yeah. So I think they kind of like took care of him and taught him at least like basic stru- like sentence structure and whatnot. <laughs> and then, but then it went a step further where they're like, wait a minute, now that Magneto has a clean slate, let's make him into a good guy. So yes. then he grew his hair long. And by the way, because even though Magneto was a Holocaust survivor yeah. and old. They rewound him. We're going way back. Yeah. Uh, there was, it goes to the, the defenders he created this alpha mutant mm-hmm. and it turned him back to a uh, a child and he was left <sighs> in the care of more moira mctaggart and, and she, she re-raised him yes she re-raised him um to great effect and then eric, oh yeah eric the red came and um not to be confused with eric lencher the magneto no but eric the red <laughs> who not to be confused with the dude that cyclops pretended to be this was a shire uh uh, yeah, assassin uh, uh, yeah. who who wanted to you know kill Lalandra Nirmani the queen of the Shi'ar Empire. Yes, um, very kind of <laughs> fucking looted. Yeah, um, I, I, no, I follow. I'm drawing a, a map of my. Yeah, 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 sure yeah, you yeah, are. Continue, gentlemen. But they they uh, made Magneto uh, an adult again at the height of his powers at a at like a 25 year old. Yeah, so he's young and attractive, even though he has the memories and experiences of of a 60. 70 year old 70 year old man yeah uh, so he gets uh, so he realizes he has Magneto powers but he's a clean slate so he grows his hair long and he, be, and he uh, affects the name Joseph and in the same tradition the same noble tradition as Jean Grey he gets no code name his code name is his fake name which is Joseph and he joins the X-Men which is like the last place you should bring a person who is who you're worried is going to rediscover his identity yeah. uh, but Joseph joins the team to no acclaim no one is excited about Joseph but uh, right after Fatal Attractions, they did a story called Age of Apocalypse. And Age of Apocalypse has a, has a huge hit with fans. Right. People love Age of Apocalypse, even though it's in an alternate future and no one is interesting. But uh, the story is that Legion, the bastard son of Professor Charles Xavier, uh, decides that Magneto's a real problem for his father, so he decides because he's going to use his powers to go back in time, he's going to kill Magneto and give his dad an easier time growing up. What he doesn't realize is that they were friends. Right. So uh, when he goes to kill Magneto, Chuck jumps in the way and dies instead. And so Magneto takes up the, the mantle of uh, Professor X's dream. And then he forms the X-Men. And Apocalypse takes an opportunity to kind of strike now that the world's most premier psychic is dead. And he reforms the world in the image of himself. Hence, Age of Apocalypse. Don't, me- don't mess with time, kids. Don't mess with time. Doesn't don't, work out. Never. Never I'm looking done. forward to the Age of Apocalypse season of Legion which I'm sure we'll never see. <laughs> but uh, so Age of Apocalypse happens, and in that future, Magneto and Rogue can bang and have a son named Charles. And this is the first, I think, that we're seeing actually Magneto and Rogue having some kind of romantic right. interest. No, actually, they did back in the Jim Lee run uh, when they were in the Savage Land. Yes! And Rogue had could, lost could, her power. She went touch. through the Siege Perilous. They banged in the Savage Land, and, and then, then they, banged, they the banged in the future. In the alternate future. Alternate. So right. then uh, they go back, they, they fix it, and now we're back to prime X-Men stories. But Wolverine's still a tool. And Joseph's on the team. So the writers at X-Men are like, ooh, we can still play with the, with the hint. Because they're still playing. If you're familiar with X-Men at all from the 90s, you know there's this whole love story between Rogue and Gambit. You just, oh, you just want them to be together. 
But now... Not me. I well, no, you didn't like the romance? We no, just no, no. Mike, Mike and Roll going to be together. Jealous. I was jealous. I got Took your race and raised him. A little him. bit, yeah. Put his face in there. Raised him up. Raised Gambit. Mm, you know, Gambit. I can say, if, if you put the, 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 the face sock on... That's right, Shale. By the way, in Age of Apocalypse, they could bang because I think it was that Magneto could create like a force field around his body. Like, like that was the idea. Like he could create like a very very thin barrier. Isn't that awesome? Something. Yeah. And like, so he like, could, like, like so a he, Jimmy Cap. Yeah, like a full body condom of Magneto. Yeah. Yes, a a um, he, not only the master of magnetism, master of lambskin. Oh yes. Right. There you are. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. Yes. Right. So uh, <laughs> there, so since he can do that, they're like, oh shit, we know that they can bang, but Rogue and Gambit can't. So. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not really essential to the story. It's just that was the drama in X-Men. And if X-Men's nothing else, it is drama. It is. At I'm, the mellow point. Look at that much drama. Look at all the drama. The story of, of, of Onslaught <laughs> is maybe like this much. Yeah, Because what you need to know is the context I've given you. There's a shitty alternate future okay. that Apocalypse fucks up and Wolverine is the catalyst for Professor X mind-wiping Magneto. Right. So after this happens, it turns out Magneto... Uh, well, it was more like Professor X absorbed the evil essence of Magneto's memories. and Which so, sounds a lot more disgusting than it really is in this. Yeah, no, it's much it's, more tame yeah, yeah. than Seriously, in the 90s comics. That sounds absolutely filthy, doesn't it, yeah. folks? It sounds like something you want to read right, other nope. than this fucking No, it's just that Magneto's a jerk. Stop. It's just that Magneto's a jerk, and so Professor X gets that jerkdom in his mind. And, as it turns out, Professor X isn't actually as altruistic as we originally anticipated. No, he's a piece of shit, He's a piece of shit. Yes. And uh, what he does is, whenever he feels like an asshole, he takes that moment and then he puts it into, like, a fake box in his mind and locks it away. So all the all the time when he's preaching, like, tolerance and acceptance and everything, right. he's a total hypocrite. And he's just like, well, you don't have the magic power to lock your bad feelings away in a fake box, so you just have to deal with it. I don't, because I'm the world's most premier psychic. This is a whole vault in its head of dictum. Exactly. And then Magneto about? enters there, opens the vault, boom. That Oof. bullshit plus Magneto equals a separate entity entirely. Of psionic energy. And let me ask you a question. Do they ever touch upon... His, uh, oh, Gene, I love you, but I can never... Yes. Because that was fucking creepy. Okay, so in the issue... very beginning, like yeah. issue like one or two... No, it was issue five, I was believe. Was five? Okay. It was the, the blob, I think. Okay. So, very early on, in, in the Lee era of X-Men, uh, there's a moment where... Because they were playing up the story back then of a love triangle between Jean Grey and Angel and Cyclops. In that time... Uh, Professor X, who was obviously much older than all of them, right. uh, he is and much balder, much balder, much balder. Yeah, okay. they, they didn't they didn't do the Patrick Stewart kind of like side. Right. But uh, Professor X is their mentor, and then at one point he has this like very it's a throwaway moment. Too. Yes, it is. But it's this thought bubble where he's like, I, I like I can never admit that I love you. And that I want you. Yeah. It's just really creepy and weird, but it's and it's very hacky because it's Stan Lee being like, oh, yeah. and how about the old man wants to bang her too? Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> and nobody ever played with that. Nobody ever takes that no. story and goes with it. Onslaught does because what happens is Onslaught, who is this separate psychic energy being within Professor X's consciousness, and perhaps sexual energy being too. Yes. We're not really sure. He, that's an energy. It comes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he wants to take over. Uh, the world, and I guess kind of realize a, a hodgepodge between Professor X and Magneto's dream of a, a unified mutant utopia on Earth with no humans in it. 
it's kind of unclear as to what his actual plan is, and when he abandons his plan of mutant domination, it's even more unclear what his plan is. Yeah, he wants to kill pretty he much He wants everything. to destroy everything, which yeah. is like the wor- the weakest plan ever. Right. But uh, but it doesn't matter because he looks so, he looks so fucking cool and rad. But uh, really, I don't. I, think I love that's... the onslaught design. But you know what's funny? He looks basically like Azrael as Batman yes. in Batman Five Hundred. But uh, that's a pretty badass costume. Yeah. It just looks like Mecha Magneto. Yeah, I'm, I was never you too never keen been. on it. No. You know what it was? You needed to be like 12. I uh, guess I did. I, I missed <laughs> you're that too by old. that much. Yeah. You were too old. You were like, this, this, is, this doesn't speak to you. Uh, 26? I, what kind always, of a fucking fashion design is that? I always throw back to this old ad from a 90s uh, Marvel comic. And uh, it was a picture of a kid who is the quintessential 90s kid. He's got shades. He's got dungarees. They're a little right. low. He's got like a, a hoodie on and a, and, a, and a shirt with like Marvel the Martian on yeah. it. And it's it's a it's a tops or no it's a it's an X Men training card commercial, and, or or ad, and it says it's a sure bet the kids' favorite mutants ain't turtles. Oh, that's a dick thing to say. <laughs> oh, I was like, man. wow, that, that was throwing down the shots gauntlet, fired. Man. I was throwing down the ooze. Man. That's yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah. There's the some ooze. shade being chucked. They're popping there. the claws on the on the Ninja Turtles franchise, but uh, so that's how much attitude and nineties-ness is happening during this period. Wow. So. Uh, Onslaught wants to kind of take over the world, and he needs psychics to do it, and so he decides he's going to employ Jean Grey. And so Onslaught kind of sends his psychic consciousness body, because he doesn't, he doesn't quite take in physical form, not unlike Sauron at this point, uh, to go kind of convert, convert Jean Grey to his, to his plan. So he goes and he like grabs her and he takes her to the astral plane, which is incidentally... Uh, accessible both by Doctor Strange's astral form and Professor X's psychic form. Wow, did not know the, yeah, the Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, the astral plane is apparently accessible via telepathy or magic. But uh, Onslaught goes and gets Jean Grey and he shows her, you know, like, how shitty the world is. Right. He's like, Professor X's dream sucks. It doesn't work. Look! And he shows, you know, like, the guy who's running for president who hates mutants and he's going uh-huh. on a pro-mutant platform. And it turns out he's actually really going to fuck over mutants and he's, like, literally showing her, like, the campaign meetings and stuff. And he show, and then she's like, yeah, but, like, no, I've al- we've already known about that. Like, Professor X and I have already probed his mind and we knew what he was planning on doing. Well, which is kind of a Which is kind of fucked up, but... Yeah. I digress. So then he goes, well, you know, your professor Charles Xavier is actually kind of a dick, too. And then he shows her a mental projection of Charles's thoughts in X-Men 5, where he is actually secretly in love with her the entire time. Oh, it's a reveal. Yeah, and she's like, that's gross. But it doesn't really affect her in a way that you kind of expect. It's It should be a bombshell moment, and it's just kind of glossed over. You're kind of like, oh, that sucks. And especially since he had known her since she was 10. Yes. And they actually show that in this book. They show her, like, him selecting her, like, bringing her to the, to the, to the mansion, and then her growing into, an, into a young woman, and then just and just him being, like, so a lecherous, like, creepy dude. Yeah, here's my Michael Jackson side. Yeah. So. But what's weird is, this was pointed out by, by my original team originally, uh, so if he's still pretending that he's not Professor X, and he's showing her an image from the past... Where does she think this image is coming from, and couldn't he just make it up? Yeah, it could be Mastermind. Exactly. And they've had... Mastermind is another... <laughs> Mastermind's uh, a mutant who... Controls to, yeah. uh, your, your innermost desires and makes them, you know... Manifest. manifest. Nice! Onslaught is going to fuck over the world. Jean Grey gets a little bit of a taste of Onslaught's power. She rejects his offer, and then he psychically brands his name on her forehead. 
Psychically brands his name on her forehead means that psychics can see the word onslaught on her forehead, but nobody else can. And it kind of goes away after a couple pages. But it's a, it was a signature moment that they used in a lot of ads for this book. It was like, holy shit. You would have thought that Emma Frost would have been like taking psychic pictures. Right? You know, like right there. Look at that. And that's a whole lot of forehead. Oh, yeah. Well, the, 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 the fucking word onslaught yeah. on there. Yeah. So, uh, you should get that tattooed on your forehead. Yeah, yeah just in place. Like, you know, like, how committed are you to comics? To comics. Oh, yeah. Come to, on. to the worst era in comics. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, I'll get it psychically tattooed. Okay. That's good All right. yeah, we'll, just, we'll find a telepath, a telepath right. first, and then yes. they'll be able to do it. Um, so, you also have to understand that uh, there's another character that Onslaught needs for his nefarious scheme, and that's Nate Gray, a.k.a. X-Man. Madeline Pryor and, and Scott, Scott Summers. Summers. That's made, right. They have a kid. They made. And that's Nathan Gray. But Mr. Sinister made Madeline Pryor. Exactly. And By was then. hoping for them to create exactly. an and instrument of destruction. And the alternate future or alternate timeline, uh, Mr. Sinister creates so far? Yes. Yes. X-Man. Yes. Yeah, uh, Age of Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister just grows X-Man. So you are, you're a trooper, man. <laughs> Thank you. I... To, to yeah, honest, I would have like been like, fuck this noise. Let's talk about something really cool. Yeah, no. Geico. <laughs> you could say 15 Ten, Exactly. Uh, so, X-Man's important. The reason is because he wears a cool jacket and he's awesome. Yes, and he's got that uh, the rogue skunk hair. Yes, and the he's... Streak. But yes. he also has Cable's cool glowing eye. Uh, and, by the way, later on in the series, they will unnaturally accelerate Nate Gray's body. No, they'll make... They'll de-age Cable, and he looks just like Nate Gray, but they're totally different. So except for except the, for the cool fact, jacket, yeah, except for the cool jacket, and the fact that they're trying, like they tried to sell uh, Cable and succeeded in 1991, whereas they tried to sell X-Man in 1996 by putting him in everybody else's book. Yeah. But because Marvel was literally breakneck speeding into bankruptcy at this point, yes, they were. They none of the books were selling anyway, so X-Men wasn't either, but that didn't still stop them from making an X-Men solo series. All these guys were doing lines off the dashboard and, and just, looking at each other. It's like, and yeah, they had their foot on the accelerator. They just like, fell amazing into the fucking oblivion. They were living, man. Yeah. They were living. So uh, anyway, Onslaught fails to get anybody, but at one point um, Professor X is spying on Nate Gray. And he also skinny dips. Yeah. So that's he's pretty just, cool. He's just so fine. I know. You know what it is? He was, he, was, uh, he was hoping to get a slot in the Wizard Magazine Hunk and Babe feature. Uh, of course. <laughs> or, or the Swim Studio. Or the, the Swim, swim Studio. Right. Yeah. But uh, so at one point or another, like Professor X is spying on, uh, on X-Man. And X-Man sees Professor X's psychic like body floating over him. And he pulls Professor X back into the corporeal world. Literally, like slingshotting Professor X from where he was to where he is now, which is something that was unheard of at the time, and it gives Onslaught the idea: Oh, I should probably give myself a physical body. So That'd he does. Cool. Um, the only cool thing that happens in this book for me is Professor X has a half brother named Kane Marco, aka the Juggernaut, and uh, Juggernaut gets his powers from a magical crystal called the uh, Crystal of Ciderac, which is not to be confused with the Crimson Bands of Ciderac that uh, Doctor Strange wields, but they're, but they're from the same source. Yeah, same dimension. Juggernaut was a dick, if you can imagine, to <laughs> Charles growing up. Figure. Yeah. And so at this point, when you don't know who, Char who, who Onslaught really is, uh, on uh, Onslaught is dogging Juggernaut. And Juggernaut, of course, is like the symbol in X-Men is uh, for how powerful somebody is. He's the litmus test. Like, yes. if somebody's really cool or somebody's really powerful and you want to sell them, have them kick Juggernaut's ass. Yes. Because Juggernaut is unstoppable. 
So even the Hulk can't kick no, Juggernaut's ass. You can't stop him. You can only slow him down. But uh, feel free to leave through this, by the way. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. Onslaught is chasing after uh, Juggernaut, and Juggernaut winds up actually begging Jean Grey for help, and they go into like a psychic shield room yep. where it will protect from sight from Onslaught. Eventually, he just ditches, and then just just goes to to to, to beg his half brother Charles for help. Yeah. And he charges into the X Mansion. Nobody's there. And he uh, he blasts into Charles's room, and in the room, Charles's signature yellow floating wheelchair is like upside down, and the whole room is in shambles. And it's it's obvious that Onslaught has gotten there first. And oh shit, he's there waiting for Juggernaut. And then Onslaught grabs Juggernaut, and then he reaches into his chest and he pulls the crystal out of his chest, and then reduces the Juggernaut to simple Kane Marco. And then he reveals that Onslaught is actually Professor Charles Xavier, his half-brother, and mutant leader extraordinaire. And you're like, holy fuck! And then he uses the crystal to suck Kane Marco into it. So he can. So now Juggernaut's off the table. There's a lot of sucking in this one. A lot of sucking. A lot of sucking. Lot of suck. yeah, I'm, Onslaught I'm sucks. Yeah. I'm a little uncomfortable here. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, the, the crystal plays no part in this story. Not even a He little. uses it as a paperweight, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, but then later, Doctor Strange notices that like the crystal of Cytorak is like sitting in a desk mm. in this district. So he like uses, he goes and gets it, and then winds up giving it back to Juggernaut. So ultimate fu, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But the the one thing about this thing is that um, this takes every Marvel character off the table. Yes, because they were planning Ultimate Marvel before Ultimate Marvel. True. Probably at the worst possible time. True. Because, oh, okay, so the Avengers, or as I call them in the 90s, the Unsellables, were a team yes. of characters that just no one gave a fuck about. And every time they gave it, like, a great creative team, they just couldn't breathe life into it. No, but they had great jackets. They had great jackets. Everyone had Everyone matching had cool jackets, jackets and pouches. Yes. Uh, but Iron Man wasn't selling. Hulk was kind of selling, because Peter David was writing it. Yes, it was always true. dips and dives. And But at that point... Peter David had kind of given Bruce Banner the Hulk's body, so it was just this dude who was just smart Hulk who had a consciousness, and yeah. he actually married Betty Ross and everything. Um, but that was kind of dipping in sales. Spider-Man couldn't sell because he was he was literally in the middle of the clone saga. It was. Oh my god, it was awful. And that's a whole other, never, never an episode that we did. But uh, the, the Avengers couldn't sell. Iron Man was a D-lister. At yes. that point, by the way, Iron Man was so shitty and didn't sell so well. That uh, they uh, they turned Iron Man into a traitor. Can you imagine Iron Man betraying his colleagues <laughs> yes. for, a, for a cause that he believed in? Uh, but believe it or not, they did this in nineteen like ninety five or whatever. And uh, he fucks over the Avengers, and then he dies. Yes. And so, and, oh my God, go ahead. So they go back in time, the Avengers, and they go get Tony Stark as a teenager, and they bring him back. Does this sound familiar, ex current yeah. current X Men fan readers? Yeah. Anybody? Uh, so they bring Teen Tony into the future or the present. And he becomes Iron Man. So at this point, Iron Man is a teenager because he's not relatable right. to the young readers. Right. But now Iron Man's a teenager from the past. And, uh, and that didn't sell at all. No, so, people thought it sucked. Yeah. More sucking. More sucking. But uh, so... X-Men sold. So remember, X-Men was the biggest seller in Marvel, yeah. which is hard to believe now because, you know... There are no X titles out there except yeah. for... They're coming, though. We're getting, like, X-Men Blue, and I can't wait. Very excited. I mean, like, I can't yeah. wait to see where it's coming from. Like, Why? But Captain America also was was not selling. No, and was he was just, even an Avenger. Like he didn't even work there. Like no, was was this pre or post uh, Mark Wade taking this over? This is pre. Okay, because so. because after Heroes Reborn failed, 
they gave Kurt Busiek Avengers and they gave Mark Wade Captain America. Okay, and then is does he still have the the armor on? Uh, no, the they, they, they ditched the cap armor because okay. what happened was they got rid of Captain America Super Soldier Serum and they made him into a regular dude because they they implied the idea that Cap using the Super Soldier Serum is basically like being on drugs. Right. So yeah. he expunged the serum from his body and then just was was jacked instead. Which and, is crap. But he started to like fall apart basically. So yeah, he, just, he needed like a cool armor. Right. Because everybody needs cool armor like Onslaught and and, uh, and Iron Man. Iron Man and uh, you know Captain America apparently. So uh, the Avengers and everybody basically all the top Marvel books that you would imagine are top books today couldn't sell for crap. So keep that in mind as this is also the era when the, the, the age of the superstar artist was, was coming into effect. Uh, artists who had kind of made their bones redefining how Marvel looked. Rob Liefeld, Todd Jim McFarlane. Lee, Todd McFarlane. Uh, all these people left Marvel and formed Image, and of course, so much of their own successes. Um, and again, their their title started to, to, to go in the shitter. Yes. Despite, Pardon my yeah. French, but, but it no, was shitty. No, yeah, you're, um, no, you're despite right. having yeah. Alan Moore write some of your... your, your, your that came books. a little bit after this, because what Marvel's plan to do was to farm these out to Image. It was going to go over to Image. Well, because Jim Lee ran Wildstorm Studios, yep. and Rob Liefeld wrote, ran Extreme Studios, and so Marvel was like, okay, we can't sell these books, but remember who used to buy our books? The people who who wanted that art those guys so we'll get those guys to do those books so they created this this terrible x-men event out of their best-selling book to backdoor pilot and relaunch captain america the avengers the hulk namor uh everybody everybody who wasn't daredevil spider-man or any of the street level characters um true so story so Onslaught, uh, he winds up trying to take over the world. The X-Men fight him and reject his plan. Uh-huh. Incidentally, they also retcon Bishop. Bishop is, of course, a time traveler, uh, kind of honorary X-Man who had come back to the present to kill the X-Traitor, the member of the X-Men who would betray them and then cause his terrible future. They thought it was, he thought it was Gambit, but it turned out it was Professor Xavier. Because that, and this is the story that reveals, actually, is Professor Xavier the whole time. And you're like, Clone! Well, Yes, this omnibus collects the two issues of Spider-Man that had a tie-in with Onslaught. Oh Onslaught winds up betraying the or rejecting the X-Men. Goes fuck mutants and fuck everybody. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take over. And this is when Onslaught becomes his own entity and he starts to evolve beyond his own corporeal form. And he reprograms a couple of Sentinels and takes them and sends them into New York to like fuck things up. And so there's two issues where Spider-Man and his goddamn clone uh, fight mm-hmm. Sentinels and then leave to go to the big epic climactic battle, but they didn't want to reboot Spider-Man, so they don't wind up at the big epic climactic battle, despite the fact the book ends with them going to the big epic yes, climactic well, battle. Yeah, so, of course. Onslaught, for no reason, goes to Central Park, and he's like, hey, everybody, fuck all y'all, I'm taking over. And so everyone responds. The Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Avengers, and anyone ancillary who they want to reboot. Because... Uh, Onslaught has taken X-Man and the son of, of uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm, uh, Franklin Richards, yep. who can remake reality. Right. He takes the two of them and sticks them in like his psyche or whatever and leaves them there because he's going to use, he's going to force them to help recreate the world in his image. Weren't they like in his back? Yeah. They were like in a hump. They're like in, in him. Back. Yeah. You know, was, well, because he's such, he's all armored up, so it's hard to tell like what's creepy. armor and what's yeah, they're, they're But they're part of him. 
Yeah. Well, they're they're within him. Yeah, they're within him. Oh, it's gross. And at one point, like uh, like ticks. They're they're gonna try like they're they're gonna try and go get them, and then X Man's like, oh wait a minute, I'm super powerful. So then they just free themselves. Uh, <laughs> There's oh yeah, I remember that. I have superpowers. Hey Franklin, so do you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and since you can alter reality, just make it so that we're not in here anymore. Yeah. Okay. I right, will. But they do wind up uh, because now Onslaught's his own person. Professor X is separate, and he is now his own guy. Like he's he's freed of Onslaught, and so he's just like oh I fucked up big time. So then everybody shows up at the big climactic battle, and it's super cool and awesome, and it's like it, I, for me that was like a great issue that I read over and over and over again. Yes. It's, just, it's everybody. It's so rare today to see everybody. I, mean, I Actually, in, I've never seen it until Monsters Unleashed number one, where you see everybody. They even did it with uh, Doom. Doom's there, and it, and Doom is classic Doom. Because, like, Onslaught it has this barrier around himself, and he's like, I'm concocting my nefarious scheme within the bubble, and they can't break through the bubble, and, like, Rogue and Vision, like, morph into the one person to try and break through the barrier... And, uh, and and they wind up piercing the barrier, but then bouncing off of Onslaught, which shatters Vision. Yes, uh, and, and Doom cool. is there, and Doom's trying to siphon power from Onslaught, even though the world's going to end. He's like, ooh, maybe I can get a little bit of power. And then Hawkeye, who can't sell books for crap, and he's changed outfits 13 times, shoots an arrow through the machine. And, uh, and then they realize there's no way we can fucking beat this guy. He's too goddamn powerful. We don't have Juggernaut. And the Hulk shows up, and he's like, listen, I'm, I'm still puny banner. So I can't get mad enough to fight Onslaught. But Jean Grey, if you turn him off, if you make me Savage Hulk again, then I'll be able to punch Onslaught so hard that we'll win. So she does, and he becomes the Raging Hulk again, which is for a lot of old, old school fans, like, a great moment. And uh, so Hulk shows up, and he just beats the shit out of Onslaught. And he does, and he cracks Onslaught into pieces. But unfortunately, this reveals Onslaught's final form, which is a, like a cloud of thoughts. He, he basically looks like a, like a, like Kirby Crackles. Yes. Which is... It, it, essentially, he's like a doorway into another dimension, and he's going to implode uh, and destroy our world. So they all have to... They have to cut off his access to this dimension. They have to absorb him, more or less. They and it take... turns... They can't use mutant energy to do that. Nope. <laughs> because he so, is a mutant. He yeah. might take over their bodies and then regain right. power. So, um, aside from the Scarlet Witch, who's able to do this... No mutants are allowed to sacrifice themselves, so they every single one of these jackasses. Every character that you would that that, you, that is a, that has a movie about them today. Yes, into jumps the bubble. Into this thing. And what's cool is uh, there's there's a number of characters who will, like Thor immediately is like, well, I'm strong enough to do this by myself. He jumps in, he's being torn apart by onslaught. So then all the Avengers jump in, the Fantastic Four jump in because they can't sell books either, and so everybody jumps into this fucking cloud, and then the X Men attack the cloud. And destroy it. Yep. And it's funny because uh, what it looks like to the cameras and to like people like J. Jonah Jameson, the Avengers jump into this thing and then the X-Men turn on them and blow it up. So it, it winds up doing a couple things for Marvel. It, 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 it de-superheroifies the X-Men. It makes them into outlaws again. Right. Makes them look like demons in front of the... Uh, in front of the eyes of the public. Whereas, in fact, they were actually the most like sacrificing people of all time. Uh, so they jump in. They seemingly die. Oh, and uh, Doom is there, and he's like, well, shit, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And then Iron Man swings back around, grabs Doom, and pulls him into the bubble, too. Hey, he said, come on, douchebag, we're going in. We're going we're in. Yeah, so join the, the party. party. So they all jump in, they all die, and then they leave Franklin Richards as an orphan with a mysterious blue ball. And within the blue ball is a alternate universe 
drawn by Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, <laughs> where those characters all get to be reset in a world called Heroes Reborn. And in uh, the real-time Marvel Universe, you have the rise of the Thunderbolts. Yes. Which and in, is in a vacuum of no superheroes, the Thunderbolts rise up, where it's, it's a new team of, 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 of superheroes. Which, as it turns out, is actually like the masters of evil. Yes. Dressed as superheroes. And you also had the heroes for hire concept came yep. back. All the lower tiered characters have to like, lift. They have to up their game. Yeah. They don't do it though. So heroes were born is was their plan, and the the book ends. This with, was their vehicle. And is their vehicle. And by the way, garbage. <laughs> like. So terrible. <laughs> 14 pounds of pure D trash. Oh, and there's uh, and you get all this. Uh, what's funny about the omnibuses is they collect everything, even the most non-essential things. Like Dark Beast. He plays a crucial role because he wants to help Onslaught take over. He was a piece of shit. Dark Beast. So, Dark Beast. Again, piece of shit. Uh, Why? Alternate uh, Age of Apocalypse version of Hank McCoy who winds up surviving the, the reboot. And, uh, and then, like, Cask of Amontillado's real Hank McCoy and takes over his his life and anybody that like notices there's a different shade of blue he murders yeah what <laughs> is a dick huh? yeah. oh Holocaust also manages to survive the Age of Apocalypse I everything that really worked about Age of Apocalypse they were like no, that's it. except for Blink Blink gets to go to the Exiles which if you're not familiar with Exiles which Exiles was excellent it's like sliders in Marvel nice. yeah so very cool it's a cool idea it was a great idea. But uh, Onslaught is so terrible, but it has is. some really cool art, and for me, some really, really cool moments. I always love the moment of Onslaught versus Juggernaut. I always love the moment of the entire Marvel Universe yeah. sacrificing itself for the greater good. Them actually put, kind of putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. And, by the way, because Heroes Reborn failed so hard, it and, tanked. by the way, the Rob Liefeld one failed first. They canceled. They, they promised him a 12-book deal. They went to six, and then canceled the book. Half Cap right boobs. But yeah, and Cap drew. Oh man, and Cap and Lytle was so pissed that he lost the Captain America contract. He wound up contacting the sh- the, uh, the 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 folk who created Captain America. Oh, Simons. The Simons, and because they also created Fighting American, and he optioned Fighting yes, American to use the old pages that he drew already that right. weren't going to come to light for Fighting American, and it wound up becoming this hilarious legal battle because he gave Fighting American a shield because he already drew the shields and all these old pages. And Fighting America never had a shield. So Marvel obviously is like, what the fuck are you doing? Ugh. Lawsuit. And the, the, the deal was struck that he can keep the shield so long as he doesn't throw it. That's it. Simple as that. It's fair deal, I Simple guess. Since no. shields are not normally thrown anyway, I guess yeah, that's yeah. a fair there's, there's no confusion there. Yeah. Onslaught, which they've redubbed X-Men Avengers, but was always an X-Men event and a backdoor deal to just reboot the unsellable characters of Marvel. Uh, which wound up actually becoming, after Heroes Reborn died, uh, kind of a really great renaissance of Marvel. The Heroes you got, Rebirth. You got the Heroes Reborn, and those yes. that, that era was really, really solid. Sure, Avengers by um, Perez and Busiek. Uh, you got Captain America by Ron Garney and Mark Wade. Hell yeah. Uh, you got a new Iron Man series. You got uh, a new Thor series and a new identity for Thor. Yes, it's a lot of really cool stuff that came yeah. out of this, even though this itself is garbage. But And the Fantastic Four. Oh, Fantastic Four, yeah. yeah. By Alan Davis. Yeah, that was a good... That was yeah. a good but uh, you can pick up this omnibus in the description box below this video if you care to give it a shot. Uh, it just lowered in price a little bit, so that's how I got it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Back Issues. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. Thank uh, you. If you guys want to check out these guys more, of course, you should check out the link in the description box below this video and watch the uh, the podcast that they produce. Of course, you know these guys from television, so you can also check them out on Compliment on AMC. Uh, go watch it. It's fun. <laughs> Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. I'm Sal. 
I'm Ming. I'm Mike. We'll see you next week. Well, I will.